0: Everything F1, driven by fans for the fans. The F1 podcast.
1: Welcome to the Everything F1 podcast. Today we will be previewing the Hungarian Grand Prix. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Tom and I'm standing in for our regular host James Tiller this week who is working. With me this week we have Joe. Hi! We have Sponge. Hello! (laughs) Thank you Sponge. And finally we have Adam. Hello. Like I said, my name is Tom and you are listening to the Everything F1 podcast. Now, just before we get into things this week, just a little plug on where you can follow us on our various social media outlets. So we have our website, which is everythingf1.com, our Facebook page and group, which is Everything F1 and Everything F1 Paddock respectively, Instagram and Twitter, which is at joinEF1. We have a thriving YouTube channel, Discord server, and obviously this podcast, which you are listening to. <laughs> So, this week, we are going to be previewing the Hungarian Grand Prix. Now, Joe, what are your thoughts about the race this weekend? How do you think we're going to get on?
2: I think it's going to be really interesting, especially seeing how Max and Lewis are going to settle the score, as you could (laughs) say. We could go one of either race. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes.
3: Lovely.
1: Sponge, how do you think this weekend's going to go?
3: Yeah, I'm with Joe. I think it's going to be all or nothing. It's either going to be a really boring race or it's going to be more sparks flying. Um, I think the teams are going to have a, a good war of words before everything kicks off. Um, Christian and Helmut are going to come out with their handbags and start swinging them all around the paddock. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be down to the drivers. Do you want to race clean or do you want to do you want to carry it on kind of thing? So yeah, quite, quite looking forward to it. Me too. Me
1: too, mate. And finally, Adam, what do you think about this weekend? Are you looking forward to it?
0: Yeah. Cause, uh, Hungarian always been a strong track for Lewis. So it'd interesting to see how it goes this year, especially with the Red Bull being a lot stronger. Um, hopefully Max can, uh, usurp him and, uh, get some points back
1: from silverstone very true very true and of course it's particularly tight at the top of the championship going into round 11 of the 2021 f1 season so just a quick bit about the track and about the race weekend itself so obviously we have the Hungaroring, ring based out based just outside apologies of budapest like i mentioned this is round 11 of 23 a lap is 4.3 kilometers in in length and the race distance is 306 kilometers over 70 laps the lap record is held by none other than lewis hamilton set last year he did a 116.627 and the first gp at the Hungaroring was held in 1986 would you believe it or not and finally the tire compound for this weekend we have the c2 the c3 and the c4 also just a very quick one the schedule but please bear in mind these are uk times FP1 is on Friday, the 30th of July, from half past 10 until half past 11 in the morning. FP2 is also on Friday from 2pm until 3pm in the afternoon. Then Saturday, we have FP3, which is from 11am until 12pm. Then we have, of course, qualifying 2pm till 3pm. And then the race, which is Sunday into... And then we have the race, which is Sunday the 1st of August, would you believe it's August already, in a few in a few days' time, which is at 2pm. So, let's talk a little bit more about the Hungaring, shall we, now we've had our initial thoughts on it. Joe, a lot of people have sort of compared the Hungaring to Monaco, especially with it being a fairly narrow track and, and, and what have you. Do you think we could see the Ferraris perhaps battling towards the front or even fighting at the front like they did in Monaco?
2: I think if we're going to see it, it's probably going to be this weekend. I think in a lot of ways, this track really, you know, Ferrari are going to do well in it. I really do believe it. Um, Especially given the last few few races, you know, they, they seem to have come onto their stride. Um, And like you said, this track is kind of more suited to Ferrari. So, yeah, I think they'll do well.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there, Joe. Um, I I think that's a very valid point on Ferrari could indeed go well this weekend. Sponge, what do you think about McLaren this weekend and how do you think they'll go on against the the Ferraris? Uh,
3: uh, 50-50, I think it's going to be a really good race between the two. I hope that McLaren, as always, I hope that they come out on on top. Um, But I think if if Ferrari get everything together, um, I do think it'll be a close race between the two of them.
1: Right. And Adam, what what do you think about the sort of rest of the top ten, perhaps looking at the likes of Alpine or Aston Martin this weekend? How do you think they're gonna
0: fare? Um with Alpine it'll be interesting to see how um Archon does. he seem seemed to find something uh when they change the chassis at the last race, so it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Um Alonso fortieth birthday, so um hopefully he'll be doing well too. Um uh, not really, the Point we call Aston Martin. Um, again, I don't know if I don't think it will be there, thereabouts, but uh, I don't think it's going to be anything special for them as usual. Um, Whoever I missed, I I missed name was Alfa Tari. Um, yeah, I think they'll be somewhere around the bottom of the top ten, probably.
1: Yeah, and certainly, certainly from my side, I think Alfa Tari could be sort of maybe sort of like P8, P10. We might see P8 perhaps pushing his way up the field a little bit, you know, as, as he has done pretty much ever since he, he left the Red Bull back in 2019. Um, but I guess we will find out on the weekend itself. So let's also look at the top of the table, shall we say. Uh, Joe, who do you think is going to come out on top this weekend between Verstappen and Hamilton?
2: I want Max to come out, of course I do. Um I think he he has something to prove to himself and to the F1 community this weekend. And I really hope he nails in that more mature Max that we've all started to see and you know, slowly starting to come around to um over the last few years. I do think that given everything that happened last weekend it would be very easy for him to fall back into his old ways of just going head first like an angry teenager. Fingers crossed however given what he's you know the work he's done up to this weekend, he will see this weekend for the opportunity there is, he can make those <clears throat> sorry, he can make those points back, I think, fairly easily in a track like this. He just needs to level his head out, you know, get his head in the game, can focus, go for it. So I think he's gonna make
1: okay sponge who do you think is going to come out on top between Hamilton and Verstappen this weekend
3: uh, I think probably Max um, I think Red Bull are probably going to have the better car around Hungaroring Ring. Uh, I think like I said before I think there's going to be a massive war of words before the Grand Prix as well Red Bull are going to do everything that they can to kind of put Lewis off his stride Um yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a good race. Depends on what they want to do, really, doesn't it? At the end of the day, what what they want to, you know, that is, you know, like like I say, they they're both. Lewis is a world champion. Max wants to be a world champion. They're both two of the best drivers on the grid. If they don't want to hit each other, then they won't hit each other. If they want to hit each other, then they will hit each other. They both know where they stand now. So let's see what happens. I would like to think that that's the end of it and that we can just go racing. Um, but it's never that easy in racing, is it, at the end of the day. So we shall see.
1: No, sadly, it's not always that easy in, in racing. Um, would you agree, Adam? How do you think we're going to see the top two play out this weekend?
0: Yeah, hopefully. um I'd like to see Max um, sort of turn the tables on this and... Uh get the win. Um especially I think it bit be more straightforward this weekend without all the sprint qualifying um and you know things like that uh, getting in the way. But I'd love to see uh, a turnaround from last week and have Max take off Hamilton in a similar fashion and just so they just have the exact same situation as last week but flipped round. Just to see how Mercedes would react. To their driver getting punted off the track.
1: (laughs) Oh yes, and you know we we certainly saw some of that last week, didn't we? Um, Let's have a look at the proverbial wingmen of both Mercedes and Red Bull. Now, I use the wingman term rather loosely, as you know, as I'm sure our listeners will have perhaps figured out. We're going to be talking quickly about Perez and Bottas. Now, Joe. It's fair to say Valtteri Bartas this year has played the arguably perfect number two role. You know, he has you know, he's moved over for Hamilton, he's held people up, he's basically done everything he's needed to to let Hamilton through and, and basically give Hamilton the best chance he has of getting as many points as possible. Who do you think this weekend is going to be the sort of best proverbial wingman? And I, I emphasise wingman on this. <laughs> I
2: think we are going to see now I'm not taking anything away from Perez here I think he's an amazing second driver that's the way we're looking at this conversation however Bottas has been doing this a lot longer and he's been doing it well for a very long time I just think he is going out of the two of them he's going to definitely be the one that is going to be pulling in those extra points he's going to be I mean, there, there's no better way of saying it, a wingman. He's just going to be better out of the two Again, there is nothing wrong with Perez. I just feel, at the moment, as much as he is an amazing wingman, and I say that lightly, Bottas just has that experience there that he can't beat. He's, he's just a brilliant team player. Um, even when he doesn't want to be, he still manages to be that brilliant team player. So I think he's going to be the better. Of the
1: <laughs> no, absolutely so, Sponge, who do you think is going to come out on top between Perez and Bottas in the everlong battle for best of the rest of the top two this weekend?
3: I think um, probably it's going to be Perez because I think their car is more suited to the uh, tight and twisties like this this circuit. Um, they call it the Monaco without the houses, don't they? At the end of the day, so yeah, I think. As long as Perez can keep a good weekend together, um, he's got every chance of really getting in there. I think. Um, but yeah, I think I think Perez will be in front of Bottas this weekend.
1: No, yeah, no. I, I um, I'm, I'm personally, I'm still a bit undecided on which one's going to come out on top. But I guess we shall see. Adam, what do you think? You know, do, do you think Bottas is going to be the best wingman this weekend, or do you think Perez is going to happily play second fiddle?
0: It's hard to tell. They've both been so up and down this season so far. Um, Look at the last year, for Perez, although he's at the back, he didn't seem to move forward at all. Um, Bottas has had plenty of off days as well, so we'll, we think we'll just find out after qualifying and see where they are and sort of figure out where they might move forward or backwards.
1: Yeah, I um, I mean f- from, from my perspective, it it actually sounds like I'm agreeing with everyone, but i i, I do echo I do echo what what um, what Joey said. Bottas does seem to be the ultimate and, and the sort of sort of perfect wingman. If you like, you know, his, you know, to bless his heart, he um, he does what he's, he does what he's told. He gets out of the way and, and he lets Hamilton past. I mean, Barcelona aside, you know, he's he's pretty happy to to let him past. So. Moving on to the race itself, shall we have look like, some predictions? Uh, Joe, who who do you think is going to come first, second, third? Who do you think is going to DNF first, if anyone? And then, how many finishers do you think we'll have this weekend?
2: So I'm going to go a little more of the traditional or boring side this weekend, but I'm going to go with Max for first, Hamilton for second, Bottas third. I think my DNF is going to, uh, first DNF sorry is going to be Sunoga, and I think eighteen finishes. However, I do have pillars, just so we have it noted down as all the uh,
3: <laughs> listeners
2: can hear because he's going to lose. But he has Hamilton for first, Verstappen second, Bottas third, Mazaspin for first DNF and nineteen finishes.
1: Right, that's interesting. And then, Sponge, what are your predictions for this weekend, my friend?
3: I'm going to go for a Lando p- podium. Um, and then... I'm going to go for the usual... I'm going to go for Hamilton and Max to take up the other two. But I'm not saying in which order, so therefore I'll be able to claim... if No, they are no, any way no, round. Sponge...
1: That is a complete cop-out, No, and as the guest host this week, I order you to give
3: us a 1-2-3 in order. In that case, I'm having Lando <laughs> to win, Lando to come second, and Lando to come third, because nobody I else mean, matters right now. It's all about it's... Lando Norris.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like Lando, but if you manage to sort of spread himself across, to, across the entire podium... That boy's got some
3: serious it's talent. It's fine. All fair. he needs to do is shout scenario seven when he goes over the finish line and he'll get all of them. <laughs> he'll get the top tens fine. It's <laughs> good. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be one. <laughs> what about
2: your yeah. DNA? DNF uh,
3: has, has definitely got to be Mazaspin. Um, and I reckon 18 to finish.
1: Okay.
2: Okay.
3: Coffee and Joe, but there we
1: are. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what about you, my friends? How many finishes? An actual top three this time, as opposed to the absolute sponge cop-out we had a minute ago. <laughs> and also our fastest lap.
0: Um, so, I'm going to go first, for Verstappen. Second, Norris. Third, Bottas. DNF, Lewis. And number of finishers, uh, 16. Ooh. 16
1: finishes. Okay. Okay. And then I'll, I'll get mine in just in case. I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to say, well, not the other direction for the top three as such. I'm going to say Verstappen first, Hamilton second, and then I've got faith. I'm going to say Lando is going to get another podium. And I think he's going to come third because I think he's going to do it
0: for us. He needs to get a second place, though. He's only got third. He <laughs> needs to get second.
1: Yeah, that is that is a very good point, Adam. I mean, well, ultimately he, he needs to get first place. Let's be fair, but let's let's yeah. let's let's not run before we can walk on this. Um, first DNF. I'm going to go left field. I'm going to say there are going to be no DNFs because I think they're all going to behave, and I don't think we're going to have any mechanical re- retirements. That's probably going to come back to bite me. Um, so consequently, the number of finishes will be twenty. Now. On the subject of predictions and, obviously, Hungary, let's have a look at some expectations for this weekend. Uh, Joe, what do you think the race itself is is going to be like? Do you think think we're in for a classic? Do you think we're going to be in in for a snooze fest somewhere in the middle? Or do you think it's going to be the good old race of attrition? Do you know, a part of me
2: wants to say it's going to be a, a bit of a snooze fest. You know... I don't know. It, it. To me, it's just never been one of those overly exciting tracks. I feel a lot of it has to be done in strategy. However, we have such a mix-up this year between the battle up front. Our midfield is madness. Absolute madness. And they're all doing, you know, they're all within seconds of each other. We could really see some amazing battles in there. But I don't know. My heart's still saying it's just not going to
1: be anything worth jumping for joy for. I'm somewhat inclined to agree with you, but we'll get on to my view on it once we've done our rounds of everybody, which leads us nicely onto Resident Sponge. How do you think the weekend's going to go?
3: I think there's going to you know. be a lot of a lot of uh, bitching off the track. <laughs> uh, possibly another coming together on the track, but I don't think they'd be that stupid to do it so soon. Uh but then they're racing drivers, so well, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think there's going to be more more talking off track uh, than there is racing on track. Let's put it that way.
1: I think that's very much sort of been the theme for the past two weeks, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> which I'm sure, <laughs> which we'll get onto now. But Adam, do do you think it, do you think it's going to be a race of? I'll do that again. So Adam, do you think it's going to be a somewhat exciting race? You think it's going to be a strategic battle? Or somewhere in the middle, or do you think you're going to be having a nice Sunday nap after a nice shepherd's pie?
0: Well, looking at the weather,
1: um, I can see that. Oh, stormy weather!
0: Stormy weather. Fifty percent chance of stormy weather at the minute for Saturday and Sunday. So it could be an exciting qualifying and an exciting race if the weather comes into play. Um, I think that's the only thing that's going to make it interesting in any way, because there's very little passing goes on at Hung- Hungaroring, and it's usually whoever, wherever they uh, qualify is where they finish. So I think we might need either weather or a big accident to spice it up. Was
2: it last year that we
1: had quite a lot of rain? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, so last year was, apart from Turkey, obviously, Hungaroring was the only sort of real wet race that we actually had on the calendar somewhat, uh now, I, those of you who may or may not remember, we last year even before the race started, Verstappen actually slid off. I think yes. I, th- I, I think it was at turn ten. It, it was it was as you approach the proverbial back straight before the before the last sort of U bend, um, before you come back onto the main straight. He slid off into the barrier then because he did not have enough temperature in his tyres, and Red Bull somehow managed to fix up. Oh, yes. it fr- it's yeah, how on earth they got it back together. I mean, I I don't know if any of our listeners or any of you like have seen the Formula One piece they put together on on their YouTube channel about how they got it back together, but the the teamwork and everything is just incredible. Um but also last year it's it's actually a year ago today that Haas got their last point in F one because mm-hmm. I, I know I know we've forgotten about them, haven't we? Jeez, because oh. be, because k into he went into the pit after the formation lap and swapped from inters to dries. So then when everybody else ahead of him pitted afterwards, he got a huge leap on the field, and I believe Kvyat did the same as well last year. Wow.
2: A year, yeah. year since
3: of point. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. William's sat there funny. going, yeah, hold our point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh
2: lord oh
0: well, there you go it, it would ju- just, be, just be George's luck he'd actually finish behind a Haas that scored a point yeah oh. Haas in 10th and George in 11th that would just be his luck this year
1: so uh, so Adam what you've just done on this podcast is done two F1 curses in the space of about yep. three minutes so you've cursed George Russell and you've cursed the weather wow Yeah. okay yep. Um, you're sacked
2: uh, That is you're a <laughs> sack <laughs> yeah so
1: so george, so george if you're listening we really do apologize and we hope you get a point soon
2: um,
1: whether it's whether it's in a mercedes or a williams let's see <laughs> so let's move on to some breaking news that's come out since silverstone and over the last week now Obviously, we are all aware of the big accident that happened last week and the various communications and personnel visits that went on from the two teams involved. A directive or a press release, or however you want to phrase it, from the FIA has come out, I believe, today as of recording, and we're recording this on Tuesday the 27th of July. A press release has come out from the FIA from Michael Massey himself. He has stated that that team members can only go to the sewers if they've been invited. If someone just rocks up unannounced or uninvited on a race weekend, they will promptly be told where to go. Um, Let's have a quick round-up of thoughts on this. Uh, Joe, do you think this is a good move? Do you think this is a bad move? Now, bear in mind, it has only said if team personnel are invited. It didn't say anything about other forms of communication. I
2: think all forms of communication. Communication should be a no-go unless invited. At the end of the day, those stewards are locked up in a room so that other the same way as a jury is, so that no outside influence can change how they you know perceive what has happened. They have nothing but data on what is in front of them. I think it is utterly ridiculous to have people running up there going I mean they basically may as well turn around and go, Mum mum, he hit me and it's just <laughs> damn! I mean, we can do all of this afterwards. This is why we have appeals. This is why we have these things in place. They shouldn't be going anywhere near it unless invited.
1: I got to be honest. That's a very good point, and and the analogy of perhaps play, <laughs> play, playground fighting, as as you know, as impressive as your impression was, Joe. Caught the parents
2: this week.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, Sponge, what, what do you think, my friends? Um, what are your thoughts on this? Directive or this press release, whatever you want
3: to call it. Yeah, I think it was to be expected. I think that was a bit of a shambles last last time with Toto running up the stairs saying, have you got my email? Have you got my email? It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think you can be having that kind of thing during the race. Um, I mean... I don't really have much to say about it to be honest with you. It's yeah, like that's just that's just that's packing in, stop being idiots and just go racing for goodness sake, you <laughs> see. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, um yeah, no, I think you made a good point. There isn't much to add. Um but Adam, one thing I will say is uh the uh, Miss, uh Mr Sassy himself has actually said that turning up unannounced could result in them facing the FIA's international sporting code's punishments. Now, whether that's a paddle over the knee or 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 a billion dollar fine, I don't know offhand. But what are your thoughts on this?
0: Uh, Was well, a sponsor? I can't believe when you know uh, Twilio comes on the radio and goes, "Hello, Michael." Uh, I sent you an email. Can you check it now? Say,
3: that was actually... Let's just go back to that impression right now, Adam. Yeah, can huh? I just say... Yeah. Is that good? We need, we need like to, to do our intro with that impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Hello. Welcome to Everything F1.
0: <laughs> I'm <Total laughs> wolf. I'm I Red Bull. <laughs> um, but yeah... It was a bit of a circus last week and, you know, you can't have that. It just makes like, everything look unprofessional. So, you know, there's procedures in place for a reason. And, you know, the team shouldn't be, come, you know, running to the stewards and going, oh, he did this, I, I did that, you know. It should be dealt with by the stewards yeah. in, you know, behind closed doors. It shouldn't be in public. So, But I think that... I think that's a that, good step to sort of stop it.
3: I think that goes for all forms of communication as well, don't you think, Adam? It's like, you know, not just the running up the stairs yeah. and saying, I've got an email no. for you. Here's, here's my yeah. six-slide PowerPoint presentation or whatever. But as for yeah. them getting on the, the radio to Michael Massey as well, it's like, oh, I don't yeah. think, you know, I mean, good grief, you can't put a wheel up the inside on cops. It's like, no, boys, it's a racing circuit. I agree, you I know, agree with Christian
0: Horner saying, you know, that was a, you know, that was a really bad accent, blah, blah, blah. But going on about, oh, we should on this, should on that, you know, that's to be discussed afterwards, you know. Absolutely. Yes, complain about what happened, but that's all you have to do.
2: I mean, the fact that they, you know, you can send the emails, right? So you see for all those little things, there is absolutely no reason whatsoever why they can't email up saying we would like this loop pack, we would like that loop that And that's it, just as simple, this time, this corner, this incident, you know, can you have a look at it and see if it is worth being investigated? No more than that needs to be said. Well, that, that's what that,
0: well, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what the team managers yeah, are
2: exactly. there for. That is fine. That I have no issue with. But when you mm-hmm. have one person running up there, I mean, what yeah. happened straight away after Tropo ran up there? Horner got up, bolted up there going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they're going to do that because they're going to defend their driver. It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. If someone is up there... You know, shouting their lungs off, uh, their lungs out. Someone else is going to walk and try and defend their person, their driver, and that's what you expect. but should not be done during a race. It is yeah. just so unprofessional in so many ways. If your head is in winning that race and making sure your drivers have got the best, they're in the safest hands. But then you shouldn't be thinking of that. You should have sent off the email that said. Can you
1: look at this at this time, this corner, whatever, and done? It's forgotten about until later. No, that's that's a that's a very good point. Well, that uh, all of you have made there actually, um, and just just my my sort of view and my sort of opinion on it. I do agree that sort of in race communications should be almost entirely banned Joe, like you mentioned the the stewards they sit there in a room locked away so they're impartial for for a reason and having having sort of you know pretty powerful team principles trying to come in and influence decisions perhaps is not the best way to do things um also i i also do think that since we've had the introduction of the fia radio played over the broadcast themselves i think we have um we probably have seen a reduction in things getting asked um a good example of this was in i believe it was baku when i think mclaren said that Sonoda has either jumped to start or he had there there was there was some form of infraction at at, at a restart or something like that michael massey said if we're going to penalize him we have to penalize everyone because they've all done it
0: Yeah, it was for speeding under yellows. I think
1: that's it. Yes, thank you, Adam. Yes, yeah, or or not slowing sufficiently, or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely a um, you know you know I I I think we are slowly beginning to see teams perhaps keeping strum a bit more.
0: I think as well the um, because of the playing the radio, you know, we don't know if stuff like this has gone on before in in previous races, but we just haven't heard it, and this is the first time actually hearing the whole process on the radio i i
1: yeah and i i would imagine this has gone on before because it's only it's really since liberty media came in that we started sort of getting more and more insights into things um and and then i think teams have realised perhaps they can't get away with as much as, as they used to So, the next piece of news which has come out in the last 24 hours, actually, is Red Bull Racing have actually launched a petition for review to the FIA over the penalty awarded to Lewis Hamilton for his collision with their star driver, Max Verstappen, at the British Grand Prix the other week. We're not going to sit here and analyse the event again, because, quite frankly, everybody has done that. There are multiple videos and articles about that, and... We would probably be here for another hour if we tried to do that, but we are just going to briefly just talk about whether we think Red Bull will get anywhere and and perhaps any potential outcomes. So, Joe, how do you think Red Bull are going to get on with this appeal? Do you, do you think they're going to get anywhere? Do you think they've got any they've got a proverbial leg to stand on, or do you think they should just let bygones be bygones? No, I think
2: it's going to go absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest; they have looked over it, it you know. They looked at every angle, they made the decision there, and then I completely understand why they've done it. I understand why they put it in. I don't think it's gonna to come to anything. To be honest, they, they seldomly ever do when it's put in for review. I think the last one was Alfa Romeo eh, over Kimmy's 32nd time penalty at Imola. And again, nothing came of that, the penalty still stood. So I can't see this being any different It's still that almost slam dunk penalty for the infraction that was there. So I can't see it going anywhere. They're just wasting their time and shouting their mouth, I
1: guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it.
3: What do you think, Sponge? (laughs) I would like to lodge a protest against Red Bull and their hypocrisy and (laughs) basically shut them all in a room, tell them to Say what they've got to say, throw a couple of punches if they have to, and just get on with it. I'm sick of hearing about it now. They come out and they say, Oh, it's cost us $1.8 million. Alright, hold on a second, right? Gunter Steiner's there going, Yes, it's cost me more than that all season, and it's anyway our drivers. A Red Buller coming out and it's, got, it's cost me $1.8 million. I mean, and? that's part of racing what (laughs) I don't understand I mean that's literally there is there is no relevance as to how much it's cost it was an accident if it happens again then that's when you start telling them right now you're just being silly right but I, I think lodging a protest is just solidifying the fact that Red Bull are the biggest hypocrites on the grid in my opinion, and Christian Horner, he's just a big whinge bag. Helmet marker, he's just on his own little planet. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm done with the whole thing. Let's just get on with it now. Stop whinging and move on. But like I say, I've said it before in the podcast, and I'll say it again. This is Red Bull through and through. They will keep doing these kind of things to try and unsettle Mercedes. They will try and do. They will keep saying things to try and unsettle lewis because they know their boys in with a good chance of getting a, a world championship they know that their team is in a good chance uh, in with a good chance to get their constructors championship so it's all part of the game at the end of the day it's all part of the game of formula one you're just trying to unsettle the teams that you're against and obviously their team that they're against is mercedes so that's where I say the war of words is probably going to be worse this, this weekend than the, the, uh, the battle on the track. So time will tell. <laughs> Absolutely. I will.
1: Um, Adam, what do you, what do you think about this yeah. protest?
0: Um, yeah, as Joe said, um, I don't think I'd go anywhere as we saw last year with, uh, the whole, uh, Aston Martin or, what was it, racing point copy a Mercedes thing, and you know, Red Bull, like again, was think, was one of the team for there that were appealing it, and then all the seemed to disappear, and then said no, we've no, you know, permanent evidence, so we're not going to do anything about it, um, and the stewards never like to change results or, you know, change their decision, Uh it's not something they like to do, so unless Red Bull has some magical evidence. That uh, you know proves that Hamlin either did something completely wrong, or did it intentionally or whatever. Um, I can't see it going anywhere. Um, and also I'd also like to say I liked how the the cost doubled in a week because I remember <laughs> Helen Marco said it was about <laughs> seven hundred fifty thousand, and now it's jumped to one point three million. So like, I think they just picked the numbers out of the hat and just go, yep, that sounds about right. Tell them that. We'll we'll never know exactly what the cost is, and they'll never tell us so.
1: It could be anything. Yeah, the the number does seem to be going up, and I I know inflation has a part to play, but that's some crazy inflation rate they've got going on. It's hard have you
3: never heard of hat before. It's helmets added tax.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is, 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 Is it like VAT, just a little bit more aggressive? That's the one. And then one other sort of final talking point we have to talk about this weekend. Um uh, Fernando Alonso obviously drives for Alpine. Just a side note, Alonso turns 40 on Thursday, making he and Kimi both very much the pensioners of the paddock, shall we say, you know, with with Alonso being 40 and Kimi being 41, respectively. Got to respect that. But Alonso, obviously, back with, Al- with his beloved and Stone, who are under the Alpine badge this year. Now, Alpine have mentioned or... Pretty much confirmed that they are moving fully to the twenty twenty two development of their car, leaving the twenty twenty one car pretty much where it is. Um, let's go to Let's go to Joe for this one. Um, how do you think Alpina then going to fare for the rest of the season?
2: I don't think they will be any better or worse off than anyone else in the midfield. To be honest with you, they're still bringing a couple of new. You know, new parts for the car it's Just you know, the development and all the rest that isn't going any further. That's all been switched on in next year's car. Most of the teams have either done that and haven't announced it, or will be doing it very soon. I mean, we we're, we're hit the summer summer break. Most of them are going to stop. That'll be it. They'll move on to next year's. Whatever has been, you know, developed up until this point will still come in. I just don't think it's going to make a huge difference to. You know to anyone really, they're all going to be stopping roughly where they are now, you know, within the same margin to each other. I just can't see it being that big a deal. That just for me, I don't see it being a big deal,
1: no. And yeah, I mean, I think it's damage limitation for them, isn't it? This year at the moment, you know, especially they're going to be freezing development this sort of, I say this early on, we're almost at the summer break. Sponge, what do you think, my friend? Um, do you think Alpine will sort of stay where they are? Do you think they'll fall back a bit with the lack of development? Or, yeah, I think so. Perhaps I think head they'll,
3: up? they'll just stay where they are, I think. Um, I don't think this weekend is a track that's going to particularly suit them either. Um, I do think this weekend might bring the the kind of rear of the midfield a little bit closer together if you like uh, bring the front of the midfield a little bit closer so you're probably going to have like a three-tier race you're going to have like your your teams out front then your Ferrari and your McLarens battling it out and then maybe the best of the rest like Alpine, Aston Martin um, Alpha Tauri probably maybe I don't know ask me on Sunday after the race I'll tell tell you exactly what I think might happen then
2: (laughs) Watch this space (laughs) Sponge knows all the day after
3: (laughs) Well I am a time traveller so I could tell you exactly what happens
1: Yes, no. That's a very good point, Sponge. Um, and and yes, you know, we'll, uh, we'll certainly have a bit of a clear idea after Sunday um, whether they're going anywhere and whether whether Rockon can finally get a point again, or if he's just doomed now. Now that he signed a multi-year contract, what do you think, Adam? You, you know, do, do you think um, do, do you think Alpine will go anywhere, or, or or do you think or do you think Haas are basically sitting there just saying you copied us? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think, you know, apart from the top four teams, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, um, McLaren, Ferrari, I think the rest of the teams have pretty much stopped development for this year anyway. Because um, I know um, Aston Martin introduced a big upgrade. Was it at uh, the second uh, um, Austrian race, I think it was, or something like that? Um, I think That's probably so, yeah. the last one. So, you know, like Haas did or I've said already they uh, they stopped developing this year I think the rest will follow suit pretty quickly and I think Ferrari and McLaren maybe after the summer break they'll maybe have a big upgrade and then probably be it for the rest of the year and probably the top two teams as well except for little maybe site improvements but I think everyone's looking forward to next year and they're not really apart from little things putting a lot of money into this year <sighs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Al- Alpine aren't sort of as far of the grid as they were last year because when they were under Renault last year, they obviously had a pretty good season. Um,
0: what do we think about the um, the red flag rule where you can change, you know, whatever you want in the car um, to think it's ruining races? You know, like we saw last in Silverstone where they were going to re- retire Hamblin's car, but then the red flag came in and he was able to fix his car, so they didn't need to retire. I've seen in previous races where people have issues, but then they change under the red flag and then continue on. Do you think that rule needs changing?
1: What do you think about that, Joe?
2: There's been a few races where red flags come out and that's exactly what's happened, and I have at that point thought, okay, I understand that it's got to be like for life. However, is such an unfair advantage in so many ways that I feel they shouldn't be allowed to... Be. I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly what the rule is off the top of my head. Is it not that they're only allowed to change aspects that are deemed dangerous, or is it that they can change anything that They change
0: anything it's um, like. But I think it should be the fact that it's a race pause. It's not... Exactly. Well, I suppose it's a race stop, but you know...
2: It should be a pause a in that pause. sense though, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it most, okay, maybe give them all new tyres just simply because you don't know how long they're going to sit there. So when it comes to the trying to keep the heat in, blah, 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 I don't think giving all of them the option of changing out tyres would be the end of the world. However, if it's something else, something other than that, and then no, I think it should be a complete pause. Your car stays as is. If you cannot drive it, or if it's too dangerous to put it back out on the track, you either DNF or you sit there for a lap, and then after that, you're allowed to do work on your car. You know, I I don't know, that obviously that's not necessarily going to work, but you see what I mean? They just, I understand that putting them out, starting back out, if their car is dangerous, that's where the problem comes in. Um, I just, I find it so unfair, I just... Not that it's fair that they're starting with a naffed up card, but they put themselves in that position, or a recent incident did, and so it should be kept that way. No, I think it should be a complete pause. I don't, I don't like that aspect of that rule, and I've noticed that a couple of times in the past, and I actually forgot all about it afterwards.
3: <laughs> what do you think, Sponge? Uh, I don't think they should be able to change whatever they want. Um, I think they should have an opportunity to change things that are dangerous, but not not just like yeah, let's just just fix everything. Um, especially when the car that they're changing it on has been involved in the accident that caused the red flag. Um, I think that's highly unfair. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they need to look at it. I don't think it's I don't think it's right that you can just go in and. Completely change your car, especially when you've been in part Fermi conditions, mm. um, and then you you bring it out do a lap. There's an accident, and then you're just going to change everything. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with it. I think there's I think there's certain things that you need to allow, but then just just kind of going open season. No, they're not right. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, Adam, do you, do you have anything to add to your in- initial question there, or? Yeah,
0: uh, no, thank everyone else. Did. No, I do. <laughs> if you
2: think about it, if somebody's just busted up the front wing, there's absolutely no reason why they can continue that race for X amount of laps. And I think yeah, like they should it, have
0: to wait till they can come round yeah, yeah, they should at least yeah after the restart.
2: Exactly. If they can yeah. get around. At least one successful lap where it is not endangering, like seriously endangering themselves or someone else on that grid, it should not be touched. I will, you know, the exception
0: should be them.
3: Sorry, what, what, one thing that I would say is if it's if it's the the part that I think it was that was hanging off Hamilton's front wing.
0: No, it was it was the it was the, the rim the tire was broken. Uh, was it, and that's what the problem was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been dangerous as sure. well. Yeah you know i mean the kerb curb
0: went off of course
3: it know. could yeah i mean th- the thing is it's not just a it's not just a danger to the drivers that are on the track it's a danger to the the crowd if that you know you've all seen the the images of uh, max going off on uh, cups all of the stones and everything that got kicked up into that crowd it it would be the same if there was a tire that you know went running off into the gravel or whatever it kick that kind of thing up as well so i think both of the both of the things that caused Mercedes to have to change something on that weekend, I think they could legitimately have argued, yes, it's down to safety. But I don't agree with the fact that teams are just allowed to change anything they want and everything that they want. They should be forced to say, right, this is the part that we need to change, and this is why, and then run on from there. How
0: about this? Um, if... You have to change something. You have to go into your pit box and then you have to wait for everyone else to pass before you can continue. Because if if, yeah. if if the race continued, you would have had to have pitted anyway mm-hmm. or retired. So you probably would have fell to the back of the grid anyway. Yeah. So you know there should be some sort of penalty for changing because you're obviously gaining an advantage over those who haven't got damage, but you're not losing any time from fixing that damage
3: but the thing yeah, is no, he I would have got that, his car you're, so they're getting
0: it. advantage yeah but they would have got their so car around, around to the pit in that
3: position though
0: yeah mm-hmm. no because yeah because they come into the well yes i agree but they can move it but they'd have to move the car there should be there's usually enough room to move the car into the pit box so whatever position they come into if they want to change something they move the car into the pit box and then when the race is restarted they rejoin at the back of the train and continue the race from the back, could be a way to do it.
2: I think that could work because obviously you've then got the liability factor of, for example, if it's one tiny little bit that's off the side of the front wing, most people wouldn't say that's overly dangerous. However, if it's shattered another bit that then comes off and hits another driver or hits you know, a spectator or whatever, the liability that comes off that, of well, you said that that's not a dangerous path, getting Mm. sued, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I can understand that the bigger picture of that is, you know, how do you then police it? Who says what is dangerous and what isn't? Sometimes the red flag's only out for half an hour. That's not enough time to get 20 cars assessed, blah, 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 blah. However, putting some sort of penalty or, you know, some sort of, Something that would obstruct them is going to make them less likely to do it unless it is necessary. Because most of those things could be fixed in a standard, prior change, pit stop later in the race. Because
0: they do they do in qualifying. If you qualify and then if you make a change to your car, you, you have to start from the pit lane. Yeah. So why should it be the same in the race? If you change your car from what it was in Park Fermi, then sort of you should have a penalty. No, I like yeah.
2: that. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yes, no, I I, I I. do agree with some of the points that, that have been said here, and I think perhaps the, the red flag rule should be looked at. So just one final thing to add from us. Um, if you leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcasting platform, uh, which... We are available on all the major podcasting platforms. You can also find a link to that on our website, which as I mentioned is everythingof1.com. If you leave us a nice, lovely review, you will indeed get a shout out on next week's podcast, and we appreciate any feedback that you may have. So all that's left to say is good night from all of us. So thank you to my lovely co host Joe.
2: Bye night nice.
1: Sponge. Bye bye. And thank you, Adam, as well. and thank you to all of our listeners once again this has been the Everything F1 podcast and we will see you next week